And welcome, everybody. Wow, yay, it's Saturday. It's February. Hooray. <laughs> First month went fast. <laughs> yeah, it did. And this is February 2nd. It, it wasn't yesterday Groundhog's Day, right? Yeah, it was yesterday. Puxtahani, it wasn't, it's today. Oh, okay. So today, Puxtahani fell, well, didn't have his shadow, so they're not going to get six more weeks of winter. Well, I bet they're all happy. <laughs> they would be back there for sure, wherever Puxtahani. I think that's in Pennsylvania. It is. Yes. Oh, anyway, so anyway, today on the show we have a lot going on. We have our blurbs as usual. We have all that stuff, and we have our guest host, um, our normal person who's hosting now forever. I hope, Mr. Doug Johnston. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you very much. And then we also have today our special guest, who is Dan Cusel. Dan Cusel is a psychotherapist, Jungian psychotherapist, and astrologer. Hello, Dan. Hello, Eileen. Oh, God, listen to that voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's Pretty magical. meant for radio. <laughs> Hello there. Anyway, so he's going to be on just a little bit later. We're going to talk about relationships in, in astrology today. So get out your charts, kids. And take a look at what's going on. So we're going to be addressing certain things in the chart you'll be able to see. And he will talk about them. Okay? So cool. All right. Anything else before we move on? No. Oh, I know. We have a celebrity of the week. Yeah, you never even mentioned it. I know. Well, I'm mentioning it now. Yeah. Good pick. <laughs> yeah. Clint Eastwood is the man today. And we I think I talked about it last week a little bit, about putting him on. And we're going to have him on this week. Well, not he not really going to be on his chart's going to be on, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's an so, interesting one. It's an interesting chart, you betcha. So and that's going to be after the break. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a break right now, and when we get back, we'll do the celebrity of the week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKMW Alternative Talk Radio. And right now we have a live read from Ms. Angela Probst. She's an aromatherapist. And so she asks us, do your New Year's goals include slimming down, increasing your energy, and boosting your metabolism? Did you know that essential oils and essential oil-infused products can help you meet your goals? Contact Angela from Young Living Essential Oils at 253-278-1599 to join her accountability group. And she's awesome. She's going to be on, I think, next month sometime. So it'll be great to have her back. So anyway, now it's time for the Astro Celebrity of the Week. All righty. So here we got Mr. Clint Eastwood. I'm going to give out his birth information. for, And you might... You know, Dan, you could jump in on this, too. Okay. All right, cool. Anyway, yeah, having three astrologers here is unusual, so we're going to take advantage of that. All right, his birth date is May 31st, 1930, 5.35 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in San Francisco, California. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
What is the first thing that stands out? No, we're going to talk a little bit about his, his third Saturn return. <laughs> That's right. It jumps Holy at you. Holy cow. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, like we were talking about Betty Betty Whitehead, hers not too long ago, and she went into a third phase of her popularity. She regenerated herself. Came back strong, stronger than ever, actually. I know, yeah. And now Clint has done something similar. Now he's come out with a new movie, right? Mule. Mule, that's what it's called. I haven't seen it, but they claim that it's supposed to be quite a show. Okay, yeah. So, and he just keeps going and keeps going, doesn't he? really does he has quite longevity so it's interesting because he has um what were you saying something about a lot of women in his life uh well he he just accepted the eighth child when they did the um the the grand opening for the mule what is that the premiere Mm -hmm. premiere yeah well the eighth one actually was there and they all had their picture taken with him oh Interesting. But he has eight children. Eight children, all by different mothers, right? Well, two of them are with his wife. Oh. oh. (laughs) 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 Well, that's saying kind of it in reverse. But they're all about the same age. Okay. Oh, that must have been an intense time for him. It must have been. must have been a Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising. Yeah, the way he approaches people was, well, yeah. I mean, I always thought he was sexy. Venus in the eighth. Venus in the eighth and Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all signs. And it's interesting because you were mentioning this, Dan, just before we came in, that he has Neptune in the 10th, which mm-hmm. shows his career. And Neptune is obviously dealing with visual matter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. movies. So there you go. There's yeah. his movies. And a stationary Mercury. And Leo. And in Leo to boot. So, and stationary. Yeah, stationary Mercury. You know, I've been researching this more and more about stationary planets because that's what I'm writing my book on. And to have his, to be a Gemini and have a stationary Mercury, that's just perfect for him. Well, in Taurus, it makes it much nicer than if it was in Gemini. Yeah, it would be. That Because he'd kind of hold on to what he was saying and yeah. lock it in. Right. And he would get a ton of, he, I mean, that's where his life focuses in on, is that Mercury function. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I've read that when you have transits to the natal planet, stationary planet it's much more intense than just a regular planet that's being transited to so he's just it's an interesting thing because he's made his career by the written spoken word obviously which is mercury but then you know that adds a whole lot of dimension do you want to add something here dan i feel like you want to add something well you know um one of the things i always look at in a chart is the nodal axis the south <laughs> yeah. node and north node of the moon and right. the, the, the simple version is the south node is what we bring in with us including yeah. the woundedness and the things we're here to outgrow the north node is the antidote to that the north yeah. node is the intended evolutionary direction of our soul's growth well South Node and Scorpio in the 12th. South Node and Scorpio were looking at someone who karmically or what they brought in with them, a deep, intense wounding. 12th yeah. house can be escapism. It can be, you know, the traditionally prisons and monasteries. I don't know if he was in a monastery karmically. Well, we but, know he came out as a cowboy with a gun, so yeah. that's how he got his start. But, but you know, the, the, sh- the shadow... So reaction, too. The, the shadow side of the 12th house, and we're always looking at sort of the less skilled version with the South Node, is is escapism, illusion, numbing, probably also brought in some great gifts for that illu- for illusions and images as oh, a yeah. filmmaker. Oh, yeah. But we look <clears throat> opposite that. 
there's Mars opposite the, the south node, yeah. conjunct the north node. Yeah. Mars was the farthest thing away from him in his past lives, in his karma. Right. Mars passion. Yeah. Uh, it's Mars in Aries. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, I call Aries the fire ready aim sign in the yes, order. Yes, right, yeah. exactly. You know, I use a, that one too. Not a lot of discernment about his passions. And uh, one astrologer that I love, he says, the north node is where we all feel stupid. And it's not trying to be uh, uh, unkind. It's just saying that's where we don't have experience. We just don't know what's going on The, there. the north node is what we're supposed to be learning next. Yeah. And uh, with Mars on the north node, Mars and Aries, how does one find courage? How does one yep. uh, bridle one's passions and use it constructively? Um, and it sounds like from what Doug was sharing about that. Well, he did. He accepted that eighth child. So he's, yeah, right. he's, yeah. he's acknowledging it all. Yeah. 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 But the thing about this is that he, through his movies, have been all Mars related all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're talking about, what was it? Pretty I mean, much a gun in every show. A gun in every show. And he's playing detectives and all that kind of stuff. So he's always on the Marshall side of things. Well, it's uh, also trending Neptune. So that's bringing it in through his movies, yeah. you see. And until he got later in his career when he started doing things like Gran Torino and Million Dollar uh, Baby, was that the one with the, right. the, the, boxer, the female boxer? Yeah. Um, and it begins to, you know, hopefully it, that north node with Mars in the sixth house, the house of, traditionally the house of the servant, the house of skills, the house of the craftsperson, yeah. to get better at the craft. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really true. I really see that. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting because... Of his, the Mars energy to me is, and it's interesting because I was talking to somebody one time about their North Node, and I said, this is what it's going to be like for you to access that. And she says, that's the one place where I am the most scared to go. Mm -hmm. I never heard it said like that, and it made perfect sense because that's the place where you have no idea where you're going. That's the place where we have the least experience. That's right. We do. So it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing stuff. So, okay. Anything else in here that we want to talk about? Uh, Moon and Leo, yeah. Gee, I don't think yep. he could have ever not been an actor, <laughs> not with a chart like this. So, would it be okay to say something that's not specifically about Clint, but just about the South and North Node? Sure, go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Uh, a story I use when I'm talking with clients is uh, I say, okay, for the we're looking at the South Node, think down to the Elliott Bay at the port of Seattle. There's those huge orange and white cranes that load containers the size of a semi truck onto the deck of a ship. Mm-hmm. And the cargo ships have maybe a thousand of those containers on them. They're big, they're huge. And then they go steaming across the Pacific. When the captain calls for the all stop on one of those ships, I want this brought to a complete stop as quickly as possible from the moment the captain calls for the all stop until the ship can actually stop takes six miles. Oh yeah. Something going that fast doesn't stop on a dime. And what I say to clients is I look at their birth time and I say your birth date you know, on July 1st of 19 whatever, the captain called for the all stop on your south node patterns and wounding. And the question is, how many years of living equals six miles? How long before you can begin to move to your north? And of course, it's not a, it's not a discrete date. Yeah. We move over the course of our lifetimes right. toward our north move node. Over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So right. it's, it's halting, it. halting the momentum of the old wounding pattern and stepping yeah. into a new way of being. Yeah, this, the familiar stuff, the stuff that you go back to for comfort to hide out in mm-hmm. is the south node. And then the north node is, well, it's your evolutionary purpose, obviously, yeah. you know, that, and, that, which you have no experience at whatsoever. And, and we all have experiences like that. We say, oh, there's this thing I keep doing over and over and over again, and I know I shouldn't do it, and why can't I stop? And oftentimes we look and say, well, 
you're trying to overcome something that's, uh, as one astrologer said, we're all older than our birth certificates suggest. That's yeah. true. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's Mr. Philosophical, too, kids. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're going to have a good show here today. Putting so, a new twist on this celebrity new, of the compl- week. Yeah, it's really interesting to get somebody else's point of view yeah, here. That was good. Because it really shifts your brain thinking. Okay, we got to take another break here. And when we get back, we're going to be talking to Dan exclusively. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> This is a live read from Ms. Wanda Buckner. Wanda Buckner draws from her extensive experience, psychic gifts, and in-depth training to help people and animals overcome difficult problems. Find a fresh perspective, change your future, and achieve physical and emotional relief. Distance and in-person sessions are available. Her compassion and sensitivity to whatever ails your pet is unparalleled. For more information, contact Wanda through her website at wandabuckner.com or call or text her at 360-491-3187. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And today we have our host, our guest host, our host host, Co-host. Thank you, I find it, eventually. Yeah, that sounds like Doug. (laughs) That's what I was trying to do, is introduce you again. Doug Johnston is here, and also our guest, Mr. Dan Cusel, is here. We're going to talk right now, and here's Dan. Oh, Dan. Anyway. (laughs) Deep voice, Dan. Deep voice, Dan. Deep voice, Dan. Yes. He's he's talking in his bedroom voice. (laughs) Uh, Or or my early in the morning before coffee voice. Oh, Okay. (laughs) We could have made you coffee in there. Oh, it kind of yeah. sounds like this all the time, though. Oh, but. Yeah, that's pretty good. So anyway, we're going to be talking right now about relationships. And you wanted to talk maybe just a little bit about what we see in the chart, what we look for, yeah, and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, so just a moment. Let's remember what we're talking about when we're talking about <coughs> an astrological birth chart. We're looking at a symbolic representation, an archetypal encoding of the next steps in this soul's healing and growth. What are they here to heal from? As they're healing, what is it they're growing toward? And every chart has in it all the signs on all of the houses. That's just like saying that a, a ba- every baseball field has a pitcher's mound, bases, and an outfield. It's just the structure of the thing. But what brings a baseball field alive is where the players are. That's where the action is. In a chart, what brings a chart to life is where the planets are. Mm-hmm. Wherever the planets are, that's where your lessons are. That's what you're here to learn. So whatever house and whatever sign, houses and signs your planets are in, that's where the growing edge is. That's where your gifts are. That's what you're here to learn. I like to say that life is a school with an infinite number of grades. And we come in with this chart and we're just here to learn whatever's in the next grade. So as we move toward relationships, uh, we, we, Eileen, when you and I talked uh, ahead of time about how we might come about uh, come at this on today's show, they said, well, let's focus on planets in the seventh and eighth house. Right. Seventh house, traditionally the house of marriage, the house where the developmental task is trust yeah. and partnership. Eighth house, taking that deeper with intimacy and sexuality and transformation. And, and so we'll look at that. We can talk specifically, but let's remember not to get too narrow. For example, uh, the fourth house, the house of hearth and home. Mm-hmm. Well, oftentimes who's in our around our hearth and in our home 
our people that we love, our mm-hmm. family, our partner, even if it's just a roommate, does that have relationship implications? Yeah. Sure it does. Sure. You know, but the seventh and eighth house may be the, the most specifically um, relationship focused. Toward intimate relationships right. and partnerships. Right. That's so, why I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's no one planets of, there. One, one, of, one of my standard jokes, I frequently will have clients come in and say, what does it mean if I don't have any planets in this house? And I'll say, well, for example, you don't have planets in the eighth house. That's the house of sexuality. That means in this lifetime you don't get to have sex. Yes. And there's, there's, uh, there's stunned silence and then a giggle. And I says, <laughs> that, that's from my book, How to Get Fired as an Astrologer in Five Seconds or Less. And of you're course, right. that's not what it means. It just means no. that's not where your growing edge lessons are. In fact, it might mean that you can kind of do that already. You're good at it. It's exactly. just not, not the growing edge. Exactly. But it certainly doesn't mean, and there may be other, other signatures in your chart. Maybe they don't have anything in the eighth house, but they have three or four planets in the eighth sign of Scorpio. Right. So anyway. And having those sit in their first house... Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I have most of my planets in the third quadrant and the first quadrant, as it turns out. So, I mean, like, the more I learn about myself, then I transfer it up to the third quadrant, mm-hmm. you know, to the relationships. How does that translate into the relationship? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. And we're always wanting to look at the chart as a whole. You know, maybe somebody with a lot of planets in the seventh and the eighth, but maybe they also have a lot of planets in the first, the house of the self. So they're needing to learn how to develop that self as well as how to bring it to relationships. They may also have planets in the tenth house. We were talking about with Clint Eastwood's chart as Neptune, the house of career, of mission, of the gift you give to the community. So it's, you know, rarely is a chart just about one thing. No. It's, and it's about how do we do all of these things together at the same time? That's right. Because we can talk about this planet and this sign and this house, but it's all going on between the ears of an individual, a walking yeah. human whole. Yeah. W-H-O-L-E. Yeah, W-H-O-L-E. Is we must qualify that. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, I know that <clears throat> as I've gotten deeper and deeper into astrology, just look at the seventh and eighth houses. That's fine. And, you know, and this is a good way to do it today. But you got to bring in all the other pieces, too. You absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that's going to tell you the different dynamics that are going to play out in your relationship. When you meet something, you yeah. know, and you're not sure what it is, then... Yeah. And you may, you may have listeners who look at their chart and say, I don't have any planets in the 7th and the 8th house, but I want to have relationships, or I have relationships, or and I'm we could look I'm and married. say... Or I'm married, yeah. and we could look and say, well, there are other signatures. Maybe you have planets uh, in relationship-oriented signs, like Libra or yeah. Cancer. Yeah. Um, everybody has Venus and Mars. There's two planets that, among other things, have inherent relationship qualities. So just because you don't have planets in the 7th and the 8th doesn't mean you're doomed to uh, die a life as a hermit, you know, out right. on a mountaintop yeah. somewhere. Right. But the 7th and 8th house, again, wherever the planets are, that's where the action and the growing edges are, and that really means here's what you're here to learn. Here's what yeah. you came in this in this is, life to yeah, learn. This is exactly what you're here to learn. I mean, I talk to people who don't have any planets in the fifth house or they have one planet and then they have 10 kids, you know, something like that. And I go, well, you know, it, not exactly. We have to bring in other layers of the chart mm-hmm. to see why <coughs> there's so much emphasis on procreating for this person, you know? And so, yeah, exactly. So, uh, one of the things that I like to tell clients when they have planets in relationship houses, one way to look at that is to say, all right, the, the bare bones things we can say when you have planets in the seventh or the eighth house is this part of the lessons that you came here to learn, you cannot learn by yourself. Right. You need lab partners. You need <laughs> help. Partners. You need you need help <laughs> to learn this. And I say very specifically, you need soulmates. 
And that's a term that can get sentimentalized in our culture. But what I mean by soulmates is people that can help you do your soul work, can help you do your psycho-spiritual growth. And the planets and the signs in the eighth house, you say, great, I need soulmates, I need help. But there's a lot of people out there, and my experience has been some of them weren't very helpful. You know, bad breakups, old relationships. And we say, all right, so you've got this planet and this sign in the house. Out of all the people out there, that gives us a sense of who's the right kind of person to help you do your soul work. Yeah, and you know, the thing about the soul type mate is that they usually, it does require breakup. It does it is intensely emotional because those are the nature of that type of relationship. Yeah. You know, that that is always coming to the verge of just about breaking up and that's you get to look at your issues of abandonment at that point. You yeah. know. So it, it really they are kind of geared for the intense emotional experiences. Well, and it's always a two way street. So for example, when when we were talking about Clint Eastwood's chart and that Mercury, that stationary Mercury, let's imagine somebody has Mercury in the seventh house as mm-hmm. an example. What mm-hmm. would that mean? Well, the nature of your natural soulmate, on one hand, is they're mercurial. Mm-hmm. All right, what, there's, there's astro jargon. What does that mean in English? Well, Mercury is about listening and talking. It's about data in, data processing, and data out. Mm-hmm. You know, perception, thought, and self-expression. So your natural soulmate is someone who's going to listen to you, but who's also going to be able to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. It might mean that a, your soulmate would be a good person to say, hey, I read this book. Why don't you read it? And you read it, and it changes your life. And you right. say... You, you helped me with my soul growth. And then, by the way, here's a book that I read. Do you want to read that? And they're open and receptive to that. Right. So they can do that. So it's both the qualities <coughs> of your natural soulmate, but it's also what you need to cultivate to exactly. draw to you the soulmates that are going to help you do the work. Right. If, if you're always reading the book and handing it to your soulmate, and when they suggest something, you can't listen, which is what, for, what yeah, reading yeah, that, a book that, that someone else suggests is a form of. That means that you've got to learn the lessons a little more strongly with it, the Mercury in the seventh. Yeah, all, yeah. All, well, all the dimensions of Mercury. Yes, Mercury is not just talking, it's also no. listening. Listening, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I, to me, it's one of the houses of projection. Yeah, seventh yes. house very much. We can You're tend to put at, things out on other people. Yep, it's going to be that person that's right in front of you, you know, that you're having a relationship with or not having a relationship. But, I mean, like right now, I'm across from Doug, I'm across from you. So it's like my seventh house sitting right here. Mm-hmm. You know, so you guys are going to be good for me. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just to illustrate, t- take another example. Here, here, here's a fun one. We talked about this book before the show when we were sitting out in the coffee room. Uh, let's say you have Mars in the eighth, mm-hmm. the god of war in the house of sex. And yeah, a client sits with me and I, I say that sentence and they, they get this worried look on their face. And I say, no, no, this is a good thing. The god of war, the god of passion, the god of anger. What that means fundamentally is you are here to learn the art of intimate conflict. Are you willing to trust, risk with your soulmates, whether they be platonic friendships or deep, intimate sexual partners? Can you risk showing them your anger because anger and conflict well navigated can lead to intimacy? Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a really good problem solving when you yeah. both have, you know, somebody who is, in the, who is the Mars person is going to show that mirror. It's another mirror house, essentially, but it's deeper. Yeah. I always like to say the seventh house is relationships, the eighth house is upping the ante. Yeah. You know, and so when you have somebody showing stuff back to you that will essentially make you very uncomfortable to look at and you look at it, then you know there's growth there. And, and you'd say that so that, you're, you know, you want to risk your anger. That's that's the role of the person with this chart. 
how do they know that their soulmate can do that? And they say, well, your natural soulmate is someone who is not unduly afraid of anger. That doesn't mean they're just a punching bag for your abuse and your eruptions. That's not good. But someone who, when you get angry, they can stay in the ring with you and say, you know, that's a good point. I'm really glad you shared that. And here's my point. Yeah. Like they, they can stay there and kind of in, in an intimate, you know, appropriate way, duke it out a little. That's mm-hmm. right. Exactly. That's cool. Okay. So we've, we're looking at the seventh and the eighth houses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we just do that? We, we've, we've, well, we looked at those. I mean, we can have lots of other planets, okay. of course, all those other planets. Yeah, but but where are we going? Those are really important houses as far as uh, the connection, the, how we connect deeply and also just connect to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's going to tell us a lot about, you know, usually people come and ask you the usual questions in, in reading. What about my job? What about my career? And what about my relationships? Those are like mm-hmm. the three big ones. They are. Yeah. Right. And usually relationships is right on top. You know, because they've had trouble in the past or something or whatever is going on, you know, and they would like to alleviate or somehow, you know, detour that ability to find somebody new and actually work differently with Mm -hmm. somebody. How do you feel about uh, a sun, moon, Mars conjunct? Sun, moon, Mars conjunct, if we put it in one of those houses. So we we talked about Mars. Uh Let's talk about what it means to have the sun and or the moon in the seventh or eighth house. So what's the sun? Well, it's the center of the solar system. The sun shines. If we do our sun well, we have energy, we have vitality, we feel centered. So your natural soulmate, if you have the sun in the seventh or eighth house, your natural soulmate is not a wallflower. Your natural soulmate is someone who (laughs) shines and someone who can appreciate it when you can shine. You've got the sun in the seventh or eighth house. Imagine walking into a room and turning and see your beloved and their face lights up when they see you. It's like the sun shining. And what does that do to your own heart? That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the moon in the uh, the seventh or eighth house. I have a fun uh, phrase for this, too, when clients come in and I say, "Okay, your natural soulmate is a lunatic. Now we pronounce it. We pronounce it differently. We say lunatic, but the the root of the word is Luna, which is for for right. moon. Your your natural soulmate is a moon person. That is someone who uh, welcomes your feelings. So you, you're on a first date. You go with someone to see a movie, and you're trying to decide if they're your soulmate. You've got moon in the seventh or the eighth. Yeah. And during the movie, let's imagine two scenarios. During the movie, you start to cry. Yeah. You express an emotion because something suits you. And as you're walking out of the movie, you're wiping a tear from your eye and, and you're, you're wondering how you're, this person, if, if they're your soulmate or not, how they're going to deal with that. And um, one person says, oh, my God, I can't believe you cried at that. What are you, some kind of wimp? And you mm-hmm. say, okay, no second date for them. Yeah. They're uncomfortable with emotion. Yeah. But imagine you walk out, same scenario, rewind the tape, you walk out, you're wiping the tear from their eye, and they just reach over and, and this be a a little bit of a bold gesture early on a first date, they put their arm around your shoulder yeah. and they express comfort and they say, you know, I love someone who can connect with their feelings like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That would touch you right down to your toenails. <coughs> and I say they, they get a second date. Yep. They, they mm-hmm. still have, they're still in the running to I be a soulmate. I haven't gotten on the first one. <laughs> yeah. But imagine, you know, moon is emotion. You said the Mars conjunction. Yep, sun, moon, and Mars all together there. One of the emotions would have to be anger. Do we yes, have a moment that has to, to be a part of it. Do we have a moment to talk every, about that? Every month. Yeah. 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 So uh, there's a, a, a song lyric that I love to use to talk about uh, <clears throat> Mars and anger. Yeah. David Wilcox has a song called Covert War, and in the middle of these, there's these lines. 
Of course there will be anger where the love is strong. It's spilled like gasoline. It's crude, but it's a power we can draw upon if it fuels the right machine. If anger fuels the right machine of building intimacy, of, of creating trust, of honest expression of intensity, especially, Doug, as you said, putting it with the moon, you, yeah. know, you do that, you can express your anger and your soulmate takes it, you're going to shine. Exactly, exactly. Now, now I have to take a break. Okay, uh, this is a time when I really would like to go for the rest of the, the show and not have a break, but that's okay. We have to do these things. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to have more with Mr. Dan Cusel. This is Eileen with Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Hi, this is a live read for Ms. Susan Bergstrom. She works with a Medicare exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement. However, Medicare only covers 80% and we'll need supplemental insurance to cover the rest. And Susan Bergstrom can help you with getting the best coverage for you. With her, the process is really easy, and in, in the end, she'll probably save you money, too. So stay tuned for future seminars. She's got them coming up, so and I'll be letting everybody know when they are. To, and there are going to be special events to help you find the exact medical coverage that you need. To schedule a, an appointment with Susan, you can call 253 318-9379 or you can email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com On Friday, Nansen Mitchell welcomed Vincent Jenna, a dynamic medium who joins us once again with a message about living the triumphant life. On Saturday, Catherine Alice returns with her personal story about surviving the California fires and what she's learned about relationships after decades of study and counseling. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And our guest today is Mr. Dan Cusel, who is a psychotherapist, and also he does Jungian work, and he worked with Stephen Forrest, who's my favorite astrologer, too. So welcome. Mine, too. Stephen's a, yeah. a, a wonderful astrologer, a good teacher, and a good, a good man. Yeah, he is. All of those. So let's get back to the relationships. You know, if you were to look at my relationship issues in my chart, you'd kind of go, I don't know, Eileen. I really don't know. So I have a Venus in the seventh house in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Oppose Pluto, yeah. and then T scoring Mars and Scorpio. As somebody once said, "Looks like you have the T square from Heck," and I'm using Heck because I can't use the other word. Yeah, Venus and Aquarius in the seventh. Yeah, yeah. That, that Conjoined really, the North Node. Yeah, too. a really interesting configuration. So oh, let, let's just look at the. We haven't. We've talked about houses, but let's bring in the sign. So Venus, of course, the goddess of love mm-hmm. and relationship. But Aquarius is the sign of freedom, of authenticity. Aquarius is, is the, the, the bumper sticker from Hamlet, to thine own self be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is there ever any conflict in life between thine own self be true and relationship? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's, so we look and say, well, with Venus and Aquarius, you're here to learn how to be your true, authentic self in the context of intimacy, especially when we put that in the seventh house. Yep. So your natural soulmate is someone who's going to love you, mm-hmm. but is also going to respect your freedom and autonomy. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm getting closer to that. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So to be able to do that and for you to be able to recognize the shadow side of Aquarius is sometimes they want so <clears> much to be free and independent that they can push away connections, anything that would limit their freedom. Mm-hmm. That's oh. so important to me to be feel free. And the moment that I don't feel free, I run out the door and I go, I'll see you in a few weeks. Yeah. Imagine a story, you come home, that you, uh, you see the mail one day, and there's a catalog from a great retreat center, and you say to your partner, um, th- there's this great you know, astrology workshop, it's for a week down at you know, Brighton Bush, and, and, and he says, great, uh, when do we go? And you say, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets the kind of the pouty lower lip look and, no yeah. you stay home i go <laughs> all right so the, the right soulmate is he might do a little fake lower pouty lip like oh you know poor me he says no i get it this is something you need to do yourself you go i'll make sure the cats are okay i can't wait to the look forward okay. to oh. what happens when you come back and what happens inside the heart of a venus and aquarius in that moment you say i just i my trust and my love for you just increased 2.4 percent yes <laughs> <You know>? exactly <laughs> right <But then laughs> that's you, a large percentage that's yeah, a large maybe percentage. 0.24 percent okay. might be yeah. checking but you have to add that to pluto you yeah. have to add that in because now, that that just skews everything and then plus the square to mars and yeah. scorpio so venus opposite pluto um, so <laughs> and my, my take on aspects in a chart, whether it's opposition, squares, sextiles, trines, oppositions are all about integration. Mm-hmm. It's about taking this and le- having it learn how to work with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Venus, the goddess of love and grace and beauty and Pluto, the Lord of hell. So <laughs> squared you, by Mars. Yeah. Squared by Mars. So you, you have Scorpio yeah, too. to learn to work into that, uh, good Plutonian truth telling. You know, mm-hmm. imagine, let's take the story I just told. Imagine your partner says, you know, that's great. I, I really want you to go do this astrology workshop, and I'm fine that you go by yourself. But that's the week we had already planned to go on vacation. Uh-huh. Now you've got to have a fierce, honest conversation about the part of the Aquarius that can go so off on its own quest for freedom and independence that it forgets about the other thing. Now, th- that means your Pluto's in the first house. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. 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 So you're here to learn how to face a wound about individuality, about self. And so the worst thing you could do is just cave and say, okay, I'll skip the astrology work. Oh, yeah, no. But the, also, the other worst thing you could do is say, well, well, you know, I'm going to say naughty word on the radio. I'll you be know, divorced. Uh, uh, I guess I'll be divorced soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say, all right, how do, how do we fave, you know, say, you know, right, maybe you would say to him or her, I actually don't know, uh, I mean, him, uh, say him. to him, yeah, say to him, let's honor all the, the spectrum of relationship with Aquarius. Yeah, you for, might, oh, for sure. Yeah, That's might true. say to him, you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't think about how this would impact you before I got all excited about it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You've held on to a sense of self. You're still connected. Mm-hmm. There's, but you're looking at that sort of Pluto's, the, the shadow, the core wound. Yeah. How do we do that? Does that, does that resonate yeah, with your experience? Yeah, that's exactly true. And also, <laughs> what seems to happen if I would do that and go and do that, um, and the guy says, oh, that's great, you know, and... Um, I would say, but, you know, we have this thing planned for that weekend. Have you forgotten? And um, and I go, oh, but what I would probably tend to do is if he didn't mention something about that, I go, oh, well, don't you want me to stay? You know, it's like yeah. there's this an abandonment thing that kicks in, yeah. you know? And, and so. And then he says, okay, we'll go to your thing. You sit in the room in this <laughs> building. I'm going to be out on the beach. <laughs> Well, might be a really good solution. <laughs> might, that's like, really not that bad, actually, when you think about it. But, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like you want 
I've noticed that I want two things at the same time, seemingly opposite to each other. Yeah. I want them both to happen. And, and and an opposition aspect is about saying, how do you bring these two things together in an integrated fashion? Right. The core wound, Pluto, in the first house, the house of the self. What's the wound around yourself that needs to be healed? But also to do that in the context of relationship. If you can, if you can, uh, if you can make it work there, you can make it work anywhere. To paraphrase <laughs> the old song, you know, yeah, if you can, so if you can be a Plutonian individual in the intimate relationship, yeah. that's going to help with the healing of both. Yeah, I I find that um, um, is I think it's just an instinct. It's the gut instinct that you you know talking about Mars in the fourth and Scorpio, is that there just seems to be. It can sniff out anything, you know, um, like my previous relationship. I hope he's not listening to the show, but um, he would always kind of shut down and kind of not talk to me. And I keep going after him. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know, because I kind of want to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. And, and Scorpio wants to get to the depths. It wants yes, to get to the truth. Yeah, it does. This so. was uh, with Quince, you know, you've got this Saturn opposition to Venus mm-hmm. going on. Venus in the eighth. You also have the square with Uranus and with Mars. No, that's not me, though. No, I said with Clint. With <laughs> that's Clint, not me. With Clint. With Clint. Oh, with oh, Clint. oh. We're not talking about you now. We took oh. you out of the picture. <laughs> oh, darn. We, we set okay. your side on the side. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because so, I was, uh, this would caught my eye over here was the sun sitting in the eighth. And I find that sun pe- people that have their sun in the eighth have a tendency to uh welcome people real freely without setting boundaries and then after the people are walking all over them like a rug on the floor they try to set the boundaries oh. well in, oh you know in, and doug just did a, he brought in a great other dimension so we've been talking about planets in the seventh or eighth but here's a planet in the eighth house in an aspect with the planet that's somewhere else saturn venus and saturn mm-hmm. how do you integrate those two well venus wants relationship that's what it's about Saturn wants to do the hard thing. Saturn is the function in all of us that knows how to resist temptation, keep our eye on the big picture, and accomplish something that we couldn't do if we just gave in to every whim. Does that sound like it might have anything to do with sustained intimacy? Yeah. Here's the thing in the chart that says Clint's chart, his Venus wants depth. Venus in the eighth wants deep relationship. His Saturn in the second wants commitment, wants security. The second house, house, traditionally the house of money, but resources, confidence, the things that help us feel stable and safe and secure. He's here to learn how to integrate his Venus with his Saturn, with his desire for long-term commitment. Right. I don't know. Clint's story sounds like you know a bit of it, Doug. I'm not sure that he's done that well if he's, you know, fathered eight children by seven women. He always had relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But he always had relationships on the side, too. Right. With with each one of them. Yeah. With all the... Serious relationships he had. He always had someone else there. Yeah. I seem to notice that with Venus Saturn people is they tend to they tend to put relationships really front and center because there's a great fear of losing them. You know. Yeah. Always to remember that the birth chart is what we're here to learn. If Venus and Saturn are connected, we're learning how to take Venus, the, the goddess of love and relationship, and integrate with Saturn, the god of commitment and long term Climbing the mountain, you know, what's the mountain? Well, if it's in a relationship, the mountain is Mount Marriage, (laughs) you know, Mount Intimacy. 
How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> one step at a time. One step, one at, step at a time. One step and that's at a pretty much what Saturn says, one step at a time. Yeah, that's right. And, you yeah. know, and two s- backwards. Yeah. If, if, if marriage is a 10,000-foot mountain, Saturn is where you get to 9,990 feet. You're, you're 50, 10 feet away. The last 10 feet are the hardest. You're cold. You're out of oxygen. One, the devil on one shoulder says, why don't you go back to base camp and get some coffee? <laughs> the angel on your other shoulder says, get the heck on up the mountain. And you're like, what kind of language? I used a nice word there and said it That's for heck. Nice. But, but uh, you know, we're on the radio. But uh, you say to the angel, what kind of language is that? And the angel says, because I know if you can get the last 10 feet, if you can sustain it, that's going to reward your Saturn. Then instead of going back to base camp and saying, I almost got there, you go back to base camp and say, I planted my flag. I am a mountain climber to translate it I'm still in this relationship yep. I'm still in the commitment it was hard I worked through it we worked through it that's that rewards that does the soul work yep and that that pacifies actually makes your Saturn feel really good because there's this level of mastery that takes yes. place yeah. at that point that's a great word Eileen mastery is that a great word mastery the best comp- word. Saturn likes <laughs> Saturn is the part of us that appreciates doing a really hard thing you know Saturn in the second you know, Clint's a rich, famous movie star, but imagine this is an average person with Saturn in the second. You're here to learn how to do disciplined, sustained, big picture thinking around money. Mm-hmm. W- imagine the reward when you put aside a little bit each month. You put it, you, you, you stop doing your lattes at the latte stand. You put that aside. You scrimp, you save, and you can then put down a down payment on a house and have a mortgage. Yeah. Exactly. You accomplished a long-term financial goal. Slow and easy wins the race. Slow and easy wins the race. I think that's what that says. Isn't that what it is? Slow and easy wins the race. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Thank you. Saturn's never easy. No, No. but it's steady. It's steady. Yeah. Big things sustained over time, or small things sustained over time yield big results. That's Saturn's bumper sticker. Exactly right. So (laughs) this is all very... I have Saturn stationary. Yes, he does. I have Uranus stationary. Trying Mercury. Yep. Yeah. We all, do you have any stationary planets? Uh, I'd have to go back and look at my chart. I, 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 I have to read your book, Eileen, because I don't think a lot about stationary okay. things. I haven't it's looked up. Weird. I know when something's retrograde or direct, but whether or not it's stationary. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't give my birth chart. Doug's not trying to motion to me. He's going to look it up here on the air. I'd look, see if he has a stationary planet. I've never made my chart uh, public. That's okay. Yeah. No problem. But, you know, um, it's just been incredibly. I don't want to go into the book right now because this is about you and about relationships, but um, stationary planets have given me just so much information on why somebody, you know, say they have a, um, a stationary Jupiter, which is what, what Whitney Houston had, mm. you know, and um, there's this thing about her and Jupiter, just overabundance of everything. Oh, too many drugs, too much this, too much that, you know, that seems to take over a person's life when it is actually yeah. stationary, you know, and um, it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, um, Amy Winehouse had stationary Venus and Neptune. Isn't that amazing? Well, and that's the beauty of astrology, is astrology is simply a mirror of life. Yeah. Everything, whether something is stationary or retrograde or direct or whether it's in a T-square or what house it's in, it's all just parts of the puzzle. And think of how complex any individual human being is. There's exactly. infinite nuances to this. Yeah, exactly right. So, okay, we got to take another break right now. And when we get back, we're going to finish up with Dan Cusel. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> Mm. 
This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Northwest School of Animal Massage on Bashan Island, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 3rd, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check on our most in need of rescue, Missy's Rescue. We'll touch base with the Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, and we'll find out what's happening at the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, plus more on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. And this is a live read for Samantha Blodell, Reiki Aura Practitioner, Fantastic Cake Baker of the Beulah May Cake. That's right. Readings at in Mount Vernon as well as Reiki classes. Her address is 300 South 1st Street, number 206, Mount Vernon, Washington, 98273. I finally got her phone number, 206-403-0283. And she's got some new classes coming up. She has a Reiki class starting on February 23rd, looks like. No, 17th, excuse me. February 17th, that's a Reiki 1 class from 10 till 4 p.m., $175. And she also has a Reiki 2 class starting on March 3rd. That's coming up next month. And then also a Reiki 3 class from 10 to 4. Next class is February 10th or by appointment. And she also has a very special event coming up called Luminous Open Vibrant Energy. It spells love. Okay. Come get your love on. And it's a special event on February 28th, 7 to 9 p.m. And it's going to be a special kind of Reiki sort of share type of thing, but it's going to be much bigger. So it's going to be really fun to see that. So anyway, make sure you call her for an appointment whenever you need it. She's fantastic at what she does. Her phone number, again, is 206 Four zero three zero two eight three. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk eleven fifty. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I have my co-host, Mr. Doug Johnston. And we're having a great time with Dan. Yes, we are. And Dan Cusel, fantastic psychotherapist. And you've just you're so eloquent with your words. You explain it so. What have you got, Neptune, uh, Mercury, or something? I'll, I'll give you a clue. I have Mercury in Gemini. Ah. So I, 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 the Mercury is the, the planet of talking. Gemini is its home sign. I have to be careful not to talk too fast or too much. <laughs> where's I, where's your Venus that. to that? Uh, Venus is uh, not in a direct aspect to it. It's, it's beyond that. Venus is up in, in Leo. Um, so I say, if I could, Eileen, for, for, and Doug, for your listeners, if you'd like to learn more about me and my work, uh, I have a website, dancusel.com, D-A-N-K-E-U-S-A-L. And I have an email newsletter. If you'd like to learn about upcoming events, uh, I have, and I also do a quarterly essay. Um, and then I have a workshop coming up. Could I talk about that? Yes, you can. And I'm glad you said that. So go ahead. On Saturday, March 2nd, I'm going to be offering a workshop called Three Steps to Healing and Growth, Allowing understanding and acting. And this comes more out of the, the Jungian approach uh, than, than astrological, but there'll certainly be that, that drive for, for depth and for growth that astrology is also about. So, And if you'd like information on that, there's more information on my website on the workshops page. Cool. So yeah, visit my website, sign up for my newsletter. I'd love to be able to keep in touch with you. Um, yeah, so uh, other things as we begin to move toward ending here. Do you guys have questions? I'm or trying to think some other things here. Um, I'm going to try to leave all the political things out. I, I got to do at least one week where I don't talk about <laughs> it, you know, and cause it, it just seems like it's such a temptation, but you know, um, 
I realize, and I and I realize that in the last couple of weeks, I've been watching the news nonstop and getting involved, getting all upset, tweaked out, tensed up. Finally, uh. something's yes, <laughs> exactly. I started to release that, and I said, "Why the heck am I doing this? I need to do my life. I need to." Do my show. I need to do astrology. I figure, you know, life is rather short. Yes. Uh, it seems to me like a year goes by like blinking an eye. Yeah, it seems like it. Why would I want to waste time getting wrapped up in any kind of political arena Yeah. where everyone there seems to lie? Yeah, that's true. So why tell the truth and ruin, ruin a, a good story? story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that line. Anyway. Don't want to put energy there. No. You, you guys have done that before, haven't you? <laughs> you said that in unison. Yes. Well, he said it enough times, I finally kind of got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually rec- said that on somebody's post on Facebook yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I actually said it right, you know. That's uh, funny. It is funny. So anyway, I, I just think, um, at least for me, this this last year has been a what we call a seven year in numerology. And it's been all about it's going back into your soul and looking at what you need to do for yourself. I pulled out of a lot of events, a lot of social events that I used to do because I just felt that it was time to work on me and also work on my book. Because I've noticed that this book is incredibly deeply personal. All on stationary planets. Mm-hmm. It is. And um, the more I keep getting down a notch and get into another notch, I go, oh, man, that's just incredible. And I keep going deeper and I keep going deeper. That's just the nature of my, you know, being an eighth house son, I suppose. But uh, it, it's like I want to find out the real reason. I, I, I've told the story before. One of the reasons I got into this was a client of mine who was a transgender person, had a stationary Venus in his chart. And I thought, and he was a triple Libra, too. <laughs> I just thought, well, yeah, okay. But I, th- I thought that the the triple Libra and everything else wasn't enough to make me see that this is the struggle he had his whole life, wanting to be a female when he was a male, mm. you know. And then I thought, well, the stationary planet might might be accountable for something like that. So um, it's been a really interesting year for me. How, what what kind of year has this been for you, Doug? We're talking about two thousand eighteen. Well. Well, yeah. I've had a great time. I yeah. mean, if, you know, if it's not fun, I leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. If it's not fun, go. Yeah. Find something that's exciting and fun. You yeah. say there's some Leo in your chart there, Doug? Uh, <laughs> well, yes, just, yes, you I know, I'm so. yeah. three degrees Leo rising. Yeah. yeah. Seven and being Leo a Gemini, I like things on the move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Double Gemini. A variety, Gemini, of yeah. fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Variety of self-expression. Doug yep. was telling me if I could before we met on the show. He said he's an artist. He's yep. an actor. He has he uh, he does lots of things. Yeah, uh, there's that great right. Gemini variety and the self-expression of Leo. How beautiful! Yeah, I have fun. If I get bored with one, I go do another. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't want to be bored in life. No, I feel sorry for those people that I think I'll just sit here and watch TV for five hours, and yeah. I'm thinking, why? When there's so much to do in life. Yeah, yeah. I don't own a TV, by the way. Mm. Unfortunately, I do that, but I, I watch it for deeper reasons. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I keep telling myself. Kardashians anyway. or? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like, what are they saying? But what are they really saying? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. And, you know, uh, it, it, you take something like that, like, like watching something over and over or binge watching. 
And when I'm in a psychotherapy session with a client, I'll often will be talking about something and I'll pull out lines that I can quote from a TV show or a movie and their jaws kind of drop and say, how do you remember that? And I said, because I've watched the DVD, you know, X number of times. <laughs> I, yeah, I won't say the right. number because it's how high it is. But, you know, I'll put on DVDs the way other people might put on music in the background so I can just have that good content mm-hmm. working on me. And then over time I do. I am able oh, to remember totally whole lines or paragraphs of dialogue. Yeah. yeah, that makes total sense for you. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it helps to facilitate the relationship. When I can bring in something from the outside that resonates with a client's experience, yeah. there's the building of the trust. And they say, he's paying attention and he's bringing in something that resonates with my experience. Exactly. And that that helps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Dan, for being here today. Eileen, Doug, thank you so much for the invitation. I've had a, a really good time. I hope We've created fun. some things. It yeah, was awesome. It was awesome. awesome. Some things you didn't be see good. me leave, did you? I didn't yeah. see Doug. Did not storm out. So I think I, that's Doug a didn't leave the that's studio. a win. That's yeah, a win. That's a good thing. Well, thank you for being here. We will have you on again soon because um, I think you bring a lot to the table. Literally, this is a large table. It's a large table. He has a large table. So anyway, yeah. So thank you very much for being here. Okay, now next we've got the events coming up. We got a new one here: the Emerald Spiral Expo. Now, Doug, are you going to that? Um, I doubt it. I'm going to be there. I'll have my booth with the Jupiter Rising stuff. If I do, it would just because I'd walk through. I just don't feel like sitting in those hard Uh, chairs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. That's all right. March 30, excuse me, March 23rd, 2019. That's a Saturday. And from 9 until 5 in Kent Commons. It's 525 4th Avenue North in Kent, Washington. And um, there'll be over 80 booths. I think there may be more than that because I think they're just about sold out. And so there's free admission and free parking. And from what I've heard, and I talked to Astara, who is the manager of this, there's about less than 10 left. So if you want to talk to her about getting a booth and vending at this fair, you need to call her at 425-445-8789. So make sure you do that. This is the biggest metaphysical fair in the area. A lot of people go, and we always do really well there. So, and it's a lot of fun. Okay. Okay, and February 7th, there's a a special event, a fundraising piano event. It's a concert with dessert and auction at 2019 7th, excuse me, (laughs) 20, that's the year, folks. Jeez Louise. Okay, this is on February 7th, and it's at 7 p.m., it's at Rainier View Christian Church in Parkland, Washington. Okay, and so it's at 12305 Spanaway Loop Road South in Tacoma. So it's actually by Adorned in Grace, and they are an organization that brings awareness to human trafficking in the Tacoma area. Okay, and let's give you your give us your information, Doug. Uh, best way to reach me is 206-769-4924. Yes, and we had to make sure that earlier because That's my right. texts weren't getting it to you. So Text or call. Text or call. Okay, and I'm Eileen Grimes. You can get a hold of me at EileenGrimes.com or you can go to the JupiterRisingShow.com page and take a look at what's going on there. Right now I'm kind of going through a bit of a revamping. i got to get Doug on the page and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm going to be revamping it a bit. So anyway, and you can also give me a call because I do readings too, you know, folks. 206-816-0546. Okay, and coming up next week, we have Miss Connie Rose, who's going to be on. She is a 
psychic. She's a numerologist. And she's basically just started astrology, took some classes with me, which was kind of fun. And so she's going to be on next week. And then the following one, this is uh, for you to note, Doug, Carl Anderson will be on, Bach Flower Remedy Specialist. So he's going to be on. He's been on the show before, and he's fantastic. So that's how it is. Okay. I have lunch with him next. That's right. So give him my best. Say hi to him for me. And we're going to see you guys next Saturday right here on the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.